Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? And Derek, we are back for round three downtown, which we're excited for. But this brand has by far the most comments, mainly because of the name. So I think it makes sense because it's been a long while since we've been here. There's been serious modifications to the establishment. So that's exciting. We can feature those um, as best as we can. But for those that are new, because our audience has grown since round two, do you want to introduce yourself, title, where we are, and the, uh, the name of the establishment? Sure, yeah. So uh, Frank Weber, uh, Buffalo Distilling Company. We're in Larkinville, 860 Seneca Street. Um, the brand is One Foot Cock. And we, uh, yeah, we've, it's, it's been a long journey to get here. It's, we, you know, you guys talk about um, how things have changed a little bit since the last time you've been in here. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, you know, we talked about this earlier. Uh, the only thing constant is change. And I think, you know, that I think that's reflective in the whiskey world. You want, you want that change in the barrel. Um, and for us, you know, not only is the change in the barrel happening, but also uh, at the establishment, mm-hmm. you know, we're, uh, we started out, uh, over 10 years ago now, this summer will be our 11th year as a business. We started in a, in a little barn out in Wyoming County, in a little moonshine shack. And, uh, you know, it, it, it totally, it's, it's still surreal. Like, we, we come in, you know, here and, and we see this building that we, we, we now own. We bought it from the Larkin Group a couple of years ago, a uh, place that we were uh, leasing. And, you know, when we first looked at this building, you know, I, I remember thinking to myself, my, my partner said, I'm like, well, we're never, this, this will never be ours. We'll never be able to afford this place. But um, we've been in here for a little over six years now. Um, and, you know, about four or five years out at the barn. So it's, it's been quite a journey. Um, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm glad that you guys are taking the time to hang out and, and you know, try the products because uh, just like anything, you know, I, I like to tell this story that, you know, when we first started, it was totally a hobby. It mm-hmm. was just something that we were screwing around with. You know, we were, we were taking uh, 
we had this homemade still that was out in my barn that was passed down from a from a, a, a legit moonshiner. This guy, Cowboy Bob, we talked about him. He's on, he's on you know he's in the story. He's a real dude. He's actually he's getting he's getting up there. He actually just had a we still stay in contact with him, but he had a pretty bad uh, accident. He had a tree fall on him. He was oh, cutting geez. down a tree. And then he was pulling it with his tractor, and it fell on him and, like, crushed him on his tractor. But he's, he's still alive. Um, and someday we're going to – someday soon we got to get down there. He's in uh, near Asheville, North Carolina right mm. now. But anyways, you know, we started out uh, in the barn as a hobby. And obviously, you know, we were very green to the craft. And it was something that – it took us a while to really hone in, but we've we've gotten to a, a, a cross point here where, you know, I love sitting down and, and showcasing the spirits, and I still, you know, I go out and I do tastings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you first start, you can read people's reactions, you know, and you're like, oh, that's good, you know. And now it's like, oh, yeah, that's, that's good, it's sure. sweet. And, you know, we're, when I'm at events that we can sell at, you know, people walk away with a bottle. And that, that really, you know, means a lot. Mm-hmm. Proves, you know, it kind of uh, puts a little faith in, into what we're doing. So, so it's been a long journey. And um, we kind of have a, a pretty cool lineup now. But, you know, just to reiterate and not to, you know, you guys can interject at any point here. But, you know, again, we started in this barn out in Wyoming County in Bennington to be specific. That's where I'm from. That's where I grew up. Um, uh, went to Attica high school, you know, kind of a kind of country, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, most of the area is farming and what distilling mainly it's an agricultural process. Yeah, for you sure. Know, you're bringing in grains, from farms so we get to work with farmers around here and uh you know we're trying to get some we've tried in the past to have some varietals of corn grown the issue with growing specific varietals that aren't like gmo is they don't do as well you Mm. know as as a formulated corn so we really you know, we've used some Bloody Butcher, some Seneca Red Stalker in the oh, okay. past, but it's it's a little fickle. Mm. And but I'm kind of going off the rails here a little bit. But you know, working with the farms, working with guys that are local, we we work with guys that we have a specific guy that we use for corn, we have a specific guy that we use for wheat, and then we have a, a specific guy that we use for barley mm. and malted barley, and. I don't know if you guys have ever talked to Bob Johnson, but he's he's a he would be a fascinating interview. Oh yeah, he's he's just he's he's a plant uh, physiologist. He he teaches you know basically all about agriculture and plants, and he has his own craft um, malting operation. Up oh in Niagara, sweet! So Niagara Craft Malt. He's sure. pretty well revered. So. So we're, you know, coming from the country. I'm still in touch with the country people that mm-hmm. are, are making the stuff. And it's going, you know, it's coming here and then it's going back in the form of uh, spent grains. Um, so it's a full circle. And then being able to kind of plug into the city and um, uh, do things 
in the community and be a part of the growth in Buffalo. I mean, we were on a pretty good clip there for mm-hmm. a little while and then kind of got batted down for a little bit with the, the you know, I dare not say the, the words over the last couple of years, right. but um, it just, it, it kind of, you know, it, it, we, we did, we survived being, thank uh, God, thank God that yeah. we, you know, we kept the production going. Um, we made hand sanitizer and then we, um, we had off premise sales, you know, we were able to, still close our bar but sell um alcohol to the liquor store sure so you know that kind of uh that was a big help mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting because i mean we've talked about this before this is buffalo distilling's third time on the show and we first came here what three and a half years ago at this point right and i don't want to say you guys were new back then because you weren't but i feel like the craft distilling scene in buffalo is new Right. Like sure. there wasn't everything blowing up at the time. So coming in then and then now seeing where you guys are, did you take the, the we'll say it, but the COVID time, did you take that as a opportunity to change course a little bit or did you just kind of grow at the same pace since then? Yeah, that's a great question. We, we did. We took um, we took the time, the opportunity to do some things to the bar um, construction wise mm-hmm. that we wouldn't have probably wanted to try and tackle if the bar was open. So, um, you know, the, there's two floors above us that really needed some love and it would have made a big mess down here. Mm-hmm. It, well, it did make a big mess. So we were able to close, make a big mess and basically clean this place out and, and have it, you know, have some usable space because mm-hmm. upstairs was, it was demoed, but it was never cleaned up. And so we needed to like, and I also brought in a, um, a company that basically will blast a, a substrate like brick mm-hmm. and get old paint off or dirt and grime. So we had them start on the third floor and they blasted the rafters, they blasted the walls and we just worked our way down. And uh, the last time you guys were in here, these walls were all painted. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not the front. The front was already blasted, but the back was not. And I just didn't, I don't love paint on brick. Sure. It's it's unnatural. Right, exactly. So, you know, so, yeah, just let it be brick. Yeah, I just, so and it, it, it adds to the vibe. Mm-hmm. So we took the time to kind of take some paint off the walls. And then uh, we took the, there was a, a wall in the middle room that we took apart. So... And then, uh, you know, kind of figure out our course in terms of, like, um, you know, what, how we wanted to start back up again. And then uh, that part of that was mm-hmm. doing craft cocktails. So, From a timing standpoint, you said you bought this building from yeah. the Larkin owners. Mm-hmm. When did that happen? Was that pre-pandemic that you did that? That was during. Really? Yeah, that was wow, during. good for you. Yeah, that was during pandemic. Yeah. So, that had to have been in the works, though, prior to the pandemic. It, it was, yeah. yeah. But it, it definitely stretched it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a whole, that was quite a ball of wax. See, through that. Sounds like a lot of paperwork. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Well, yeah, Part it, of it was because you wanted to do more upstairs, right? Yeah, and, you know, there was, we were investing into the building, and we were, you know, we had a deal with the Larkin folks, but, you know, we were starting to put, some capital into this place mm-hmm. and it's like uh, how much do we put in here sure. if we're not going to own it so but they they 
you know, they, the Larkin people set the people they bring down here because they pretty much own the whole street. Yeah. But they bring people down here and set them up for success. They don't want to bring people down here and not, you know, not have them succeed. So yeah. they were they were pretty great, and um, it it was just, you know, kind of really good timing from the get go when when we first came down here and met with them, and then um, to where we are now. So it's been good. And fortunately, you know, so we have this. The main building, which is all brick, built in 1895, uh, it was built as a carriage factory, and the integrity of the building has been has remained intact, um, you know, because they never they, the roof was always preserved. Mm-hmm. So, but the I'll take you guys over there. But fortunately, they built a warehouse and that built onto it, and that was probably built in the 50s or 60s. Sure. But it served as a perfect place for our Rick House and uh for our production you know when we first moved in here the room that we're sitting in was our rick house mm-hmm. you know we didn't have access so the, the we didn't the larkin folks were still using that warehouse oh. so we were just leasing this part of the building and and then they gave us a little you know they leased us a little space in there and then eventually we took it over but it's funny because we were doing bottling and labeling in this room we were we were this room had barrels in mm-hmm. it you know and and then so it's it's just been it's been an interesting progression, you know. Just again, starting small, sure. coming from the barn, coming into here, having a bar space, but also having this middle room as like a production space, you know, a production slash rickhouse, and then all the distilling in mm-hmm. the back. Which um, so now it's you know we've pushed the production into the warehouse, and quite honestly, after this year, we're probably going to have to um, find some offsite space for mm-hmm. barrels because we're going to be at maximum capacity in there. Wow. Do, do you feel that's a huge move first? So cheers to that. But secondly, when you're looking for offsite space, do you want it within Buffalo due to the environment or do you want it just somewhere within Western New York to see how it'll impact the barrels? Great question. Um, definitely within Western New York just for, you know, um, uh, ease of, sure. you know, getting logistics, logistic, yeah, yeah, logistical ease. But um, if the furthest I would take it is, you know, maybe out uh, back home, uh, back, 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 back to the barn, maybe. Back, well, well, well it, it can't, yeah, <laughs> technically, I, well, it can't be on any residential property. <laughs> but um, you know, I got some, I got some hookups with some folks out there that. Um, you know, it would, it, you definitely want here. It's not like Kentucky, where here we want we want a climate controlled mm-hmm. space where we can ramp up the heat in the winter, and then in the summer let the heat do its thing. But you know, people ask that question all the time. You know, what what you know about temperature fluctuation? You know, so down in in Kentucky, you know, they want the rickhouses to get hot, mm-hmm. they, and then at night get them let it get cold. And they have hot summers down there too, uh-huh. you know, and that humidity and they, some of those rickhouses, you know, you'll go down there and they're painted black. True. So up, up high, I mean, they're getting some temperature. Um, here we've, uh, in the summer, we keep the rickhouse at like 65. Sometimes I'll crank it up to 70, but fortunately we have, it's all insulated in there. So we're, we're actually thinking about this year. We've talked about this experimenting with, you know, 
taking a barrel and maybe putting a a thermal probe on it Mm. and seeing how long it would take to get the barrel, say, up to like 80 or 90 degrees. 90 might be extreme, but higher temperatures. And then cut that cut that heat for like a week or whatever and let it go back down. So I believe, I think Woodford does that. I mm. think Woodford has rick houses where they're artificially jacking the, the heat up, sure. getting it hot, and then crashing it. If you had a secondary mm. site, I mean, that's what you could use that for, right? Is like experimental bottle yeah, or and, barrel stuff? Yeah, and we could do it. You know, we could easily do it here just sure. because it's, it's so... it's. We, we lucked out with this warehouse that, you know, I'm talking about our Rick house. When we bought it, it was already spray foam. Mm. It, it had spray foamed insulation, which is super expensive sure. to do, but it was already done. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we're at the rate we're producing, we'll be out of room by the end of this year. Not a big deal. At some point, we're going to move through whiskey probably at the same rate mm-hmm. that we're making it so then we'll strike this balance sure um but you know you always want to you know, well it's kind of a funny thing you, you, right now we want to make more than we're selling mm-hmm. because we want to get that age on there sure but at some point you kind of want to sell more than you're making right yeah you know you want to get some get a return on your investment sure that's now now it's clicking to me why i said that you guys were young when we first came here because you had one skew out there but that's because your bottled and bond weren't ready yet i mean you were still three years old at that point yeah yeah. so that makes much more sense yeah and even though we were around for a little bit you know we went through you know we had when we first put out our whiskey like in 2012 or 13 whatever it was 2013 maybe um you know we had we were using uh, 10 gallon barrels Mm. and it was six months old and you know it was sure it was a uh, you know it it was a boutique Mm -hmm. you know it was was a boutique you know it was it it wasn't uh, it wasn't ready for prime time of course but you know we were we were screwing around we were having fun and it was you know we we didn't go out there the the goal ultimately is to make the best whiskey Mm -hmm. in the world sure to make the best why, why aim for anything better than the best? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say the best, you know, I guess um, that's subjective. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that when we first started, it was more we were just, you know, we were just having fun with it. We didn't know where this was going to sure. be. We, did, we never really had, like, this grandiose plan for anything. So, But uh, as you... There, there's. I, I had a guy tell me one time, a guy from uh, uh, Tuttletown, uh, Ralph uh, Ernenzo. I think his last name's Ernenzo. You know, he told me one time. I, I went down there and talked to him, and this is when we were kind of getting going. And he he told me that whiskey was a religion, and I I didn't know what that quite meant, you know, but I do now. Yeah. Uh, because it, there's just so many nuances to it there's so much to learn and you really have to put your 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 faith into mm-hmm. it your love and time and devotion sure into it so since you were uh, playing around with it <laughs> and we can pour something if you want to start drinking something um but since you were putting your time into trying to figure out tasting notes did you have an ideal whiskey that you were aiming for to taste like Were like woodford is my favorite taste i kind of yeah. want to make something like that yeah 100 percent. yeah well or 12 Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Weller, uh, 
well, quite honestly, Weller and, and, and we do weeded bourbon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Buffalo Trace a lot, too, quite honestly. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the Sazerac portfolio is it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's undeniable. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, it's uh, it's almost like annoyingly too well designed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Where you're like you're a beginner and you can still appreciate it, yeah. and then when you've been drinking for thirty years, you're like, I still got it. So yeah, damn. It. It's, <laughs> it's so good. And you know, it's funny because I boycotted Buffalo Trace for a really long time because, and I I, I laugh about it now, but their their lawyers kind of fucked with us mm-hmm. when we when we were first getting over, you know, getting going because of our name. But looking back, the, the people at Buffalo Trace had no idea. Yeah. You know, these are lawyers that are on a retainer that just look for anything that has the word Buffalo on it. You know, and so that's a whole another story. You know, uh, we were getting going and we, we registered the name. You know, you have you don't have to apply for a trademark mm-hmm. on stuff. But we were like, yeah, well, you, you register your company name. And then if you want, you can trademark your brand name. And we went to trademark Buffalo Bourbon, foolishly. Uh, the two biggest key searches. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, that's not going to show up anywhere. And so we immediately get letters from, you know, the Buffalo Trace lawyers. And it's, you know, they were advising us to direct our legal team to them. And it's like, okay, we're going to mess with these guys a little bit. Just have fun, you know. Little do they know we're three hillbillies in the barn. Right. You know, yeah. well, you're talking to the legal team. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It's funny that you say that because I don't know if you listen to the podcast that we both listen to, but uh, Joe Rogan, Jack Carr from, um, yeah. he was just on there and he was talking about Jack's whiskey and how he yeah. just got a letter from Jack Daniels. Yeah. Uh, That's hilarious. I was listening to that and I was going... Dude, <laughs> yep, I've been there. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, um, so we we kind of went rounds with them a little bit, and we we sought some legal advice, and they told us basically, you can't have anything with the word Buffalo on it on your branding, but you can't preempt a city name, and your the name of your business can be whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, so we put Buffalo distilling, you know, fairly prominently on there. Um, and then they, they tried to push back. And fortunately for us, I also had at the time I was dating somebody who, um, her, her uncle was a lawyer in Washington that sent a letter on our behalf that seemed to shut him down, which was kind of cool. But, so we were able to keep the name of the distillery, Buffalo Distilling, and they, they, you know, there was a little, a little jostling mm-hmm. there, but we had, we were well within our legal rights. Sure. So, you know, the name One Foot Cock came about because it legitimately, we needed to come up with a different brand name, but there was a, a decorative rooster on the barn that we started and that only had one leg. So, and, and you know, it, it's agricultural, it's funny, it's provocative. Mm-hmm. And people don't forget the name, you know, and, and we, we try to be tasteful about it. You know, sure. we don't try to push it in, you know, I could make a lot of puns. Right <laughs> pause. Pause. Definitely pause. open that door. I mean, it, it's not like it was super blatant in everyone's yeah. faces, but you guys did have a wonderful bumper sticker. 
Oh, yeah. the, the honk, honk if you, honk if you love, love my one foot yeah. cock. And it was basically just the logo. <laughs> I mean, that was fantastic. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it's, it got, it's, got people thinking at the red light. It's, it's playful and, um, you know, a nod to also, I gotta say a nod to Casey Kelly, uh, Casey Perez now. She, uh, she's our graphic designer. And when I first met her, this was when we were kind of kick. it was serendipitous. Mm-hmm. When I first met her, we were kind of kicking off the, um, the brand and we were kicking off this was around when we were getting the buffalo trace letters and i met her and she's you know she looked at our first you know backwoods napkin sketch printout of our label and she's like yeah that's that's nice i think i can help you with this and you know so she worked at a a design studio um she's on her own now but she worked at a, a, a a real good design studio white bicycle and uh she really did a good job at uh, making the the brand tasteful mm. and still you know it still has that provocative name but it's tasteful and we we've since um we've changed the label a couple times and this the, the new newest label is almost like art deco mm-hmm. you know it has that that burst around it and um some grains on there and, and we're really happy with it so Honestly, the the new label looks awesome, and I do like the new bottle too because you changed bottle types we did. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That uh, that was another thing too because one of the bottles that we were using it wasn't round, mm-hmm. and when you don't use a round bottle, you can't put it on a label machine. So you're, oh. you're, you're literally, I mean, the label machine is semi hand operated, sure, but the the oblong bottle you're. <laughs> Everyone, you're slapping it on there by hand. Yeah. So, so going to the um, the Arizona style was definitely that's what they call that. Oh, okay. Air, they call it an Arizona bottle. Um, it it is you know helps with production and so, it fits better on a liquor store shelf. You can yeah. fit two in the place of one. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and in yeah. bars, which is key. Yep. There's. I'm not going to name names, but there were brands, not in New York, not local, that had that issue with their bottles. And they realized that their production was there, they could keep up, but it wasn't fitting on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And they they were focusing on um, like the bar scene before the liquor stores and then vice versa, depending on the brand. And they were running into that issue where it wouldn't fit, so nobody would want it yeah. in, in massive markets. And they're like, well, I don't, I mean, what do we do? Yeah. And they were basically just forced to do the same thing. Like, we're just going to change our bottle. Yeah. And then now they're, you know, now they're fine. But it's it's those growing pains when you're, you're trying to make that work. And you get that, it's kind of like when you're trying to buy a house. Well, I'm an adult, I can do it. And then you get slapped by the bank and they're just like, welcome to the real world. Like you're not there yet, you know? And it's like kind of the same thing when you're yeah. you're going through the ebbs and flows of running a business. You're just like, oh, I didn't even think of that. Like, okay, that's a new hurdle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of slaps. Welcome to the real world slaps yeah. being in business for oh, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you know, and it's funny, you guys talk about packaging. It's, um, you really, it becomes a thing once you start, you know, being, you know, we're still, a small distillery, mm-hmm. but we we crank out a fair amount, and it's just like painful to, you know, especially at the bar here. You you know the exact number of how much each package costs without mm-hmm. any liquid in it, right? So when you're throwing away hundreds of bottles, right? Like you're like, oh, I'm throwing away thousands of dollars. Sure. You know, it's going right in. Because, you, you know, you can only use it once. Right. You know, it, it gets recycled, but it's still like, 
that label cost, you know, 92 cents <laughs> on campus, you know, and then Can the I just refill it? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> it's the same juice. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just, you know, it's, and as you scale up, obviously your costs come down, but you really to start getting price breaks mm-hmm. on glass, you got to be at the 10,000, you got to buy like 10,000 bottles sure. or 10,000 labels. And then there's a shortage. Yep. And then you're just like, well, now what? Like, so can I still get a price break? They're like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. And the shipping, shipping prices, I mean, especially during the last, you know, 2022 to 2020-ish, it was like the highest rates you've ever seen on mm-hmm. shipping, bringing in glass. And then it was like, it was like literally playing a game to try and find glass bottles. If you talk to, you know, pretty much anybody, Trying to find glass bottles was very like you're calling. Of course, you're calling. You're calling the sales guy that called you. You know, like uh, once that you know you're like, ah man, you know, I, I I'm, I'm with somebody else. And now you're calling the guy like, hey, uh, how you doing? Remember you know, me? you remember yeah. me? You called on me once, and <laughs> you got any of these glass bottles? And they're like, they just laugh at you. Yeah. You know? But uh, it seems like the um, the glass has been flowing and the other thing with glass too that kind of didn't help is there was um paramel glass which is a big one in the united states so all of our glass used to be made in the u.s it was great get the the boxes in every one of them had the flag on it made in the usa cool you know i want to support american jobs sure well that company was bought out by uh, a hedge fund um I think it was I think it was BlackRock actually bought it and shut the plant down, moved it to India. And so now it's all it's come and it took a little while to transition. So now there was a little bit of a supply chain issue, obviously. So, I mean, the glass is still great. You know, it's a brand new plant. The glass is pristine. But that so that was part of the um, part of the problem, Mm -hmm. too, because they were a really big player. Sure. Um, I think it would be cool someday, you know, uh, to, to get a custom bottle, you know, maybe with a little rooster on mm-hmm. it or something. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's like these little things, you know. So we're talking about packaging. Uh, you know, again, like a little rooster on there in the glass. And then I would like to eventually switch to uh, real cork. Oh, okay. I just love that sound. Oh, yeah. You, you know, when you're, you're opening up that bottle and thump. Yep. You know, it's like it can't be replicated with with synthetic. It's true. So again, it adds to the cost, um, but that eventually is something that I'm, I'm hoping that as we grow, I can just fine tune all these mm-hmm. little things in. But I just love that. I just mm, it's just it's something about it. it. Just gets me. It gets, oh, yeah. you know, just makes whenever me we happy. pop that bottle, it's like ah <laughs> oh, yes, I'm drinking whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So getting to your lineup here. Again, we've been here before. We've done through some of these, but some of these are new. So can you talk us through kind of timeline on when these came out and right now kind of what's your best seller? Okay. Well, um, so we, we, have, we have five, one, two, three, four, five whiskeys. Um, we have our bottle and bond on player rye. So that's minimum of four years. Mm-hmm. It's 100 proof. And that baby right there is, uh, it's a really unique and fine whiskey. Mm. I will, I will 
put that on the world stage in a second. Yeah. It really is. It's it ha, I'm, I, it has the reason it's unique is we use malted rye in the recipe. Oh, okay. And the malted rye we're getting is is world class from from Niagara Craft Malt. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bob again, Bob Johnson really knows what he's doing. It's not cheap, but um, it gives it a when you try it. It gives it a little stone fruit taste, oh, and this okay. this I mean, there's it's nothing like bourbon. There's nothing even close to reminiscent of bourbon in that bottle. But it has, you know, when you try whiskey, and there's a lot of great whiskeys that taste the same, and they're they're great, they're mm-hmm. good. But then you every once in a while you'll try a, a whiskey that has a uniqueness to it, and I I really in my heart feel like this has a, a uniqueness to it that's 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 different yeah you know and it it might it's formidable you know it's it's not Hmm. certainly for everybody Mm -hmm. but it definitely has a formidable unique taste and the more and i will say too the more you drink of it it, you'll once it kind of opens up in your mouth it sort of sweetens up a little Mm -hmm. bit too so i mean is that uh well yeah now i now i need it yeah right it's interesting (laughs) because you don't see a lot of places do that 100 percent rye with that five percent malted rye Normally, it's 95.5, just regular malted barley. So did you have a reference to go off of for that? Um, so it's not, it's not 100%. Oh, it's not? Okay. No, no it's, gotcha. it's um, geez, I think it's, I should know this off the top of my head. I think we're, I think we put about maybe 15% corn in there or something. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a little sure. corn in there. But you decided to use the malted rye. Put malted rye. It, it's not all mar- hmm. malted rye. Sure. Either. It's, you know, it's probably maybe like 30% or something like that. 100% malted rye would be really interesting, but it would be, it, and maybe we'll do that yeah. when we get to a point where I can charge 100 bucks for a bottle or true, something true. like that. Yeah. But if it, when you go, the, the malt prices, say you pay like, I don't know, say you pay like 15 or 20 cents whatever mm-hmm. for a pound of uh, corn malted rye it, you know you could pay anywhere from a buck 20 you know yeah. it's it's substantially more sure. per pound so wow um, hmm. that's great i don't know if the prices were that yeah different. well you know it's it's more a you gotta find thank you you gotta find barley mm-hmm. that barley doesn't really like to grow in new york mm-hmm. but their places are getting better at it and People are figuring out where it'll grow. So it's fickle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it if it gets too uh, too wet it, towards the end of the season, it'll sprout in the field. Mm. So then you're you're done. Yeah, sure. So, um, so it's it, it likes real dry growing seasons, but you need a little bit. You know, so so you got to find it. Then you got to get it harvested, get it to the maltster. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to malt it. And then, you know, it's just a lot, you know, it's a lot of screwing around. He's got to make money sure. too. On Absolutely. It too, so. so from a money standpoint, how much is this per bottle? Do you know? That the Empire Rye Bottle and Bond is 75 bucks a bottle. 75? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not cheap, but we only put out about, geez, I think this year we only put out 500 bottles. So it's, it's super, super limited. You can taste the grain. That is very sweet for rye. It's fresh. I totally see what you're talking about, that stone fruit. Do you see the stone yeah, fruit? Yeah, totally see that. I like this one. It's sweet, but it has like a dry finish. 
this looks like a shot. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's unique. Damn, you took that like shot on. Both of you. Love that. Yeah, man. I can see what you're saying too, how it gets sweeter as it kind of sits there. Yeah. The it's a little bit prickly and like rye heavy. Yeah. as it sits in your mouth. And then as it goes down, you get a lot of that like malted and corn yeah. sweetness on the back. This, this is yeah. good. This is such a long ending note. Yeah. It lingers. Yeah. It's there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And it's, it's a super high hug. It's it's, it, it's weird because, like you said, it is. I I, I t- tell people it's formidable. It's not because it, it, it's hot. It's it's a it's got that rye spice. It's hot, but it still has that sweetness, and it's still it's smooth. But it's it, like he said, it hits you. Yeah. So makes your gums tingle a little bit. <laughs> off that. Yeah, I like that gums. though. Like our <laughs> our preferred proof is over. The hundred mark, honestly, mm. we just we love barrel strength. Everything oh, yeah. it's just so much uh, to us. It's great because you're really getting the actual experience. Yeah, to if, us. Uh, well, if I would have known that, I would have pulled some barrel strength stuff for you guys. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, no worries. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> next time. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. um, we just for us, like we just we love diving into um, every element that goes into it, and we we recently fell in love with the whole grain train with. Um, where we we spend time with Clonic Kilty and then seeing their their operation and then the freshness of it and then it brought everything so much more you know close to home now because you get like you guys St. Lawrence Mackenzie's um, Black Button and then a couple other distilleries locally are getting you know their rye from like Batavia and mm-hmm. like all these local farms and you're like damn it's so good yeah it's so good and when you're using it and it's that close to home you can literally just like with St. Lawrence you can just pull it and then he's distilling it right there and it's just like that's amazing yeah but you can taste it which is yeah. ideal yeah. yeah the guy in Batavia is definitely he's doing some interesting that maltster in Batavia I forget the name of it but he's doing some interesting stuff mm-hmm. you know he's reached out to us. We've bought some stuff from him as well, but he does like chocolate malting and, mm. you know, there's, yeah, it's endless. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. It's, it's a whole other industry. It's right. pretty cool. Like, you know, you guys mentioned a bunch of names um, throughout the state and where the industry is going, you know, it's not, you know, with, with the beer industry and, and this happens too, you know, you have a lot of breweries that start up and with beer, you can kind of be, well, you hope that you're good right out of the shoot, you know. With the distilling industry, there was a lot of guys like us that, you know, were new to the game. Mm-hmm. And now we're, because of the, the main time, the time that this started big, bigger than it was, mm-hmm. was 2012. So now we're, you know, 11 years into it. And you've seen some guys fall by the wayside but I think the guys that have remained are putting out some interesting stuff. You know, I mean, you know, for instance, McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, uh, that was I hope I did. I mean, Brian McKenzie's like yeah. a literal genius. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, okay. Like, yeah. What made you think of that? And he's like, well, honestly, it's not that complicated. It's, it's fairly simple. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so an interesting thing about your rye is that it's classified as an empire rye. Yes, correct. And it probably didn't change too much for you guys when the legislation came out for that because you've always sourced from New York. Right. But can you talk a little bit about the classification yeah. of actually what empire rye is? Yeah, so it's got to be at least 75% uh, 
derived from New York. I think it's got to be 75% rye, too. Mm. Or is it got to be 51? It might have to only be 51% rye. Sure. I, but 75% of but, the grain has to come from New York. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Has to be in a new charred oak barrel, just like bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, the other interesting thing that they did was they lowered the barrel entry proof. So bourbon is 120 entry. Uh, or is it 125? Jeez. I think it's 125. <laughs> Oops. Uh, but I, the, uh, the uh, Empire I has to be no higher than 115. Oh, okay. So you can't you hmm. can't put it in the barrel at more than one fifteen. Have you so, have you ever had it over one fifteen? Like just for your own curiosity? I mean, dude, if I was on your side of the table, I one hundred percent would have. <laughs> <laughs> but like, let me try this at like one twenty six, one thirty. Um, I mean, we've definitely it's it's distilled out higher than mm-hmm. that, right? So we've you know I've tasted it oh, it's before be it goes in sure. the barrel. But uh, but putting it into the barrel, we we knock it down. Yeah, sure. Right. But yeah, it's it's definitely tasty. Mm-hmm. It's it's you know it's it's all the things. It's it's sweet and peppery and it's delicious. And bringing it back to the original um, rounds that you guys were on one and two, you were using the original uh, distillation method from. Buffalo distilling, correct? If I remember correctly, it was the original process from... Back in the 1800s, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. And then, has that been modified? Uh, Or is that not accurate? I don't... We could be mischaracterizing it. I might have been. Well, so, I mean, there was an original Buffalo distilling. Yeah. Yeah. And fascinating history there. And, oh, geez. Did I ever show you guys that bottle we have from them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the basement, yeah, and it was inside of a glass case on this wall yeah. before, and then you moved it because the yeah. whole wall got blown out because yeah. you guys are growing, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. And then I, because that's that's what triggered the original um, antidote, and I believe it was shout out to Roy um, that was diving into that where he goes, "What we're trying to do is literally the exact. We're trying to pay homage to everything in in, in the past, so we're trying to use that same method that they used to distill with you know the modern age twist to it." So I, I guess um, maybe it was an amazing but, selling point. Well, Roy, Roy never, <laughs> Roy never, he never let facts get in the way of the story. <laughs> but, uh, sorry, Roy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Roy. <laughs> but no. It, so I think what actually what he meant by that was, um, we we are taking actual grains, fermenting it distilling it, you know, so doing it from scratch here, you know, and I'll take you guys in the back and show, sure. we just made a mash today. It's probably, um, just getting ready to start doing its thing. Oh, cool. Um, nice. You know, we're in the attenuation period right now. So, um, but that's, that's probably what he meant, you know, doing, doing things the old fashioned way in terms of bringing in the grain, grinding it up, mm-hmm. throwing it in the, in the, um, mash tun. Um, we do a pretty heavy aeration in there, so these are all these are all the nuances that you learn about, you know, um, your types of grain, your mash bill, how fine how fine are you grinding the grain? Are you using a hammer mill? Are you using a roller mill? Mm-hmm. Um, wh- what percentage to rye? What percentage to 
you know, all your different percentages. Mm-hmm. How long do you cook the grain? What temperature are you cooking it at? You know, what temperature are you putting your small grains in at? What kind of yeast are you using? How long of a, an attenuation period are you going to have? Um, how, how long are you going to let your mash go dry or leave it a little sweet? You know, are, are you going to let it go mm-hmm. to zero or are you going to have a little sweetness in there? Um, what temperatures are you distilling at? What's, you know, are, are there, do you want a little reflux in there? What's, you know, are you going to run it through, uh, you know, Filters. we, we mm-hmm. run it through an Alembic still. So we do a strip. So we kind of have a hybrid still. Our main still where we do the strip, um, it's pot up through a column that we don't, we don't activate any of the plates. We don't activate any of the bubble caps. We, mm. let it shoot, we shoot it through hot and mm. fast. We want to preserve as much of that flavor as possible. The only time we're going to make a, activate the, the bubble caps is if we're going to make a neutral spirit. Mm. So uh, run it through, so, so again, running through hot and fast, making our collections. When we run it through the Alembic still, what are we cutting? You know, we're going to cut our strip down to to do a spirit run. Now, what I mean by the strip is the strip is what we've taken off the initial mash, mm. the first mash. We strip it, we put it in a tote, we cut it down. Usually you're going to have, your strip's going to be around 100 proof average. Um, we're going to put that in the still at like, say, 60 proof. We're going to cut it down with uh, filtered water. So our emerging proof isn't greater than 160. Mm. And that's one of the rules for making bourbon. You can't emerge higher than 160. Mm-hmm. So we know, but you can emerge lower. So you can start your, uh, bring your strip down lower. Sure. You know, so I'm trying, I hope I'm not like losing you guys no, no, too not much. At all. But, you know, but these are, these are the things that have taken us years to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then you go through all that. Now your cuts. Well, it's not simply as easy as just like, you know, oh, this, this tastes like shit. I'm going to throw it out. I'm, I'm going to, you know, some of that stuff has got some flavor in there. Some of that stuff, you let it sit for a day and it tastes completely mm. different the next day. Sure. You know, you have some volatiles cool. that are evaporating off that you want in there. Um, Another thing that I found that I thought we were doing uh, in the beginning was we were too careful with our cuts. You know, there's acids in there. There's different kinds of alcohols in there that you want to interact inside your barrel. Sure. So uh, our beginning barrels a long time ago, uh, it, it, it was too narrow of cuts. You know, we were taking too much off the front and too much, you know, cutting it off. You want to, you kind of want to run down into the tails a little bit because mm. there's a lot of flavor in the sure. tails. So, so these are all little, you know, little things that you start to develop. But it takes time too yeah. because mm-hmm. you throw stuff in a barrel, you don't know, you don't know what until you crack it open. So. It's a scary process because it you're really putting is. it in there, especially like so. Two of your expressions are bottled in bond, which we talked about four years. Is that? That whole warehouse is bonded. So is that just yeah. the barrels that you felt met that four year and that perfect taste? Because technically, if any of these were four years and you had it at a hundred proof, yeah. you, they could be bottled in bond, right? Yeah, yeah. it's it's well and a hundred proof. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean, I think bottled and bond. The other thing about bottled, bottled and bond is, you know, that it's made 100 percent here. Sure. So where you know we have a blended series that we're we're blending with some stuff. Oh, okay. So that that we it was important for us to know that or it was important for us to have a bottled and bond product that people know is made 100% here. Sure. Um, we started getting into blending this year because we want to push out into some other states and we just don't have enough juice to do that. Sure. So yeah, we're getting into a little bit of the blending. That's got to be exciting for you, huh? It's 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 great and you know, again, finding the juice that you want to blend with is another it's a game. It's a it, man, it's yeah, a but total it's, it's game. a delicious game. Though. <laughs> it's a fun game to play. Yeah, so much R and D, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's times where I gotta take a nap on the couch upstairs before I drive home. Like, it's uh, awesome. Did you did you move closer, or are you still? I'm in Allentown. Oh, are you really? Yeah, I'm in Allentown. So it's does does that like pain your soul? I mean, how do you? That's a transition. <laughs> oh, let, uh, living from the country. I, yeah, uh, I've been downtown for shit, man. I've been down here for for a while, probably since the mid two thousands. Okay. So yeah, I mean, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, the place we started in, I I, I did live out there for a little while, but um, uh, I've lived in the city for a while. But I I, I know I love the city. Had a good time down here. Um, I have a, a son that's about to turn three, and you know, again, I love Allentown, but I just I don't really have any green space. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I'm starting to get the itch to kind of see see possibly you know looking towards maybe the country again. Sure, yeah, just, absolutely. Or you know, midway to the country. Sure, exactly. Yeah. So this is a blended product. I think that first of all, the first whiskey we've ever had on our show was the one for cock. The original. It was. It was the first was that ever. blended? That original recipe? No. You've, so never, that, you've never had blended before. So that expression doesn't exist anymore? The first one? Well, the, fir- the first one... It was be, the original bourbon. It was this. That would, right? be, our, would the, be our bottled... That expression is now bottled in bond. Oh, okay. So it wasn't bottled in bond back then. It is now the same... Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got what you're it saying. It would have yeah, been yeah, if sure. it was four years. Sure, right. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So this is... This the, is good. This is also really soft. Yeah. So what is this blended with? MGP. Okay. Yeah. But weeded MGP. Mm. Six year. So the wheat makes complete sense. Yeah. Yep. And the weeded the weeded MGP is really hard to find. It's you can get the rye stuff all day long. Um, Getting stuff that has some age on it is tough. It's like they release it in these cycles. Um, uh, You don't see the weeded stuff come up. As much. I am totally getting green Jolly Rancher off of this. <laughs> like just right off that initial taste, that ta- that I felt like I had a Jolly Rancher in my mouth. Huh. I, Actually, have you ever you got that before? Put that, no, you yeah. kind of put that thought in my mind though. It's really good. Huh. How yeah, come every solid. every product so far has just <laughs> been like there's there's nothing happening super deep in your yeah. stomach? It's all such a high hug, and it's super welcoming. It's like, yeah, it's a whiskey. Like, yeah. we got you. You're yeah. okay. We're not gonna sure. like destroy you. <laughs> and there's no like, there's no warming in the chest. Like, if it's super intense, it's just really. Which we've always said. Generally, that's a testament to the distillation process because if something's missed, 
then it'll immediately hit your stomach and you're like, I'm going to die. <laughs> and, you know, like something, what's wrong? You know, yeah. whereas with this, it's just like a, such a nice welcome um, into it where same thing. It just lingers in a really nice way, but it's all in your sinus cavity. It's nothing down low and it's, it's warming. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's a nice, I don't yeah. know. It's nice. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good everyday, <laughs> good everyday whiskey. That term always makes me Everyday happy. sipper. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, you know, we still play with the, the balance a little bit here and there, but how hot is this? That's 93. Okay. Yeah. 93. So you're, this is a heavy wheat mash, and that's kind of your homage to Weller that you like. Correct. Okay. I love wheat. This is very yeah. good. I yeah. love weeded options. Yeah. They're yeah. so good. Yeah. yeah. There's, like I said, again, it's it's hard. It's a little harder to come by, mm-hmm. which will, you know, I don't mind having these expressions that when, so I said, we're, we're looking at get, getting into some other states. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be kind of fun to like, okay, we get into a state. We're gonna. I, I know it's gonna sell. It's it's gonna catch people's eye. Mm-hmm. It's gonna sell, and then it's gonna be gone. And then sure. I don't care if we have to, you know, if it, it takes a while to find some more to blend. But I'm always gonna leave enough. I kind of have a balance in the rickhouse of what I'm willing to blend out of our 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 bottled and bond stuff sure. with the weeded. Um, uh, uh, Midwest grain stuff. Sure. So, so it's, yeah, it's fun. And cracking those, even, you know, even with the, I, you know, I f- refer to them as the legacy distillers. Those guys know what they're doing. You know, right. I mean, I quite honestly, you know, I used to kind of like back when we first started, I'm like, I sort of shit on the idea. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, why would, why would we ever do that? Why would we put somebody else's stuff in a bottle? But I think the, the bridge to that, was you know the compromise was a if we ever want to get out of our own market we're going to have to do that and b these guys know what they're doing and honestly c is as long as we're doing something to make it unique Mm -hmm. you know you have to i shouldn't say you have to because there's a lot of places there's a lot of big name brands that just they they're sure you know we can name them off there's (laughs) there's a lot of them and it's good Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's great juice. I mean, I think you know, some people, I, I thought I read that MGP was older than uh, Buffalo Trace, but I think that's kind of mm. a, they've been around for a long Very time. Very long time, yeah. And they know what they're doing. I mean, you get their, I've bought some of their, their white stuff. Like I, I've brought in, this is another thing I've done uh, just to, to play around with. We're using Adirondack barrels, mm. which you guys are Good probably for you. familiar yep. with. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're the top of the ladder. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're the best. Um, eh, I say the best. I don't know. But I, I I like them a lot because you don't have to hydrate them. Sure, they they come in. They're tight as tight as a drum. Mm. 
Um, and it's New York, man. And it's like New that's York. your that's your it's, brand is New York. It's New York, and the guy that owns it's super cool, Joe. Uh, and their barrels look like artwork; mm-hmm. they're just beautiful. And so, I wanted to use some of his barrels with some MGP. So we brought in a tote of MGP. Oh, cool! And filled up some some of his fifty threes. You know, or well, sure. Know, our, we bought them from him, but uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that tastes like. Sure, because he's he's pretty specific on his his charring techniques. You know, he um, I should send you guys a video. I took a video. He, he had a machine built that bursts the barrels. You know, when I say bursting, mm-hmm. they're bursting into flames. Sure, but he knows what temperatures he wants to hit because he has a he literally has a laser. That points in there. That it's it's a thermal laser. That he knows the temperature he wants to cut it off, mm. and then he blows in nitrogen that kills it. And uh, that's crazy. It, it's it's a really the dude's yeah. you know that's so cool. The, the dude is yeah he's he's he he wants to be the best cooper in the, yeah. in, in the around. So. We were talking to him a little bit ago to get him on the show, but oh, we yeah? just haven't we mm. have with our work schedule we haven't been able to go all the way out there for it. But we would love to have them on. Yeah, they'd be awesome. They're, Even if it's a Zoom to start, yeah. we're down. Yeah, yeah and he, the dude's, a, he, <clears throat> he's, a bro. he's a he's a pro. He's he's a pro. He's doing really good too. Like mm-hmm. they're building a whole new facility right now. Well, because I, I mean, the word got out because <sighs> there was a lot of there was a lot of cross pollination, and the world of whiskey's small. So if you're doing things right, you're gonna get known, mm-hmm. and that, I think I mean it's to his credit, right? But it's yeah. it's kind of fascinating how that whole thing works. Where he's just like, oh my god, like, I, yeah, we're the Andorondacks, but how many trees do we really have? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> well, they also uh, they're I think they're pulling in wood from the Ozarks too, and from you know uh, I think Missouri. So a lot of the the high quality woods oaks. They they want a real tight grain, mm-hmm. um, so. But his thing that he's real proud of is he air dries the wood. He doesn't mm. kiln dry. Hmm. So, you know, just another another thing that he does. But yeah, Joe's. We I'm, we got in with him early, early. on, mm-hmm. and I don't even know if he's. I mean, I shouldn't say this, but I, I don't, I'm not sure how many new customers he's even taking on right now. We had to put so this last order of barrels we got. We had to put in almost a year ahead of time. Wow! For, so I already have my 2024 order in. For, you know, so it's we it's, we were actually having that conversation um, with another distillery because I was like, "How do you forecast that? That's so complicated yeah. and it's so hard." Because you're just like, "I guess I'll just add a zero. Like I don't, <laughs> I have no idea where I'm going to be in 2024. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I know what my system can handle, but I don't. Yeah. What if something booms and then and then I'm short barrels? Like that's so stressful. I don't. I mean, credit to you because yeah. that's a lot of math. So that being said, are you ever thinking about upgrading your still and your your whole production system, or is that not right now? Good question. That's a great question. <laughs> the still, uh, the still. We're pretty happy with our stills. Um, the thing that I would upgrade is the grain delivery system. and um, So like no trucks? No. So how we get the grain now is we bring it in and our corn comes in and um, we have like these totes, we'll call mm-hmm. them, that our farmer takes. He puts the grain in. He mills it for us. Um, we bring it back, and then we shovel it into, like, this little ele- elevator system that sure. we have, which I'll show you guys. Um, it's a little dusty, 
and once the corn is cracked, you got to you got to get it you in. You got to get it yeah. in. Yeah, you don't want it sitting around. A, you know, it, there's just a lot of reasons mm-hmm. why, right? So, what I would like to do is get a little, um, like a, a bin system, like mm. you'd see it, like a, a like a silo. You okay, see those sure. little mini silos, like what a lot of the beer guys have. Yeah, yeah. Like if you went by Big Ditch or yeah. something or Resurgence, you see those silos. Mm-hmm. So I would bring the corn in whole gr- whole kernel, whole grain, and then put a hammer mill on the bottom of the silo. And what you can do is you can get a silo that has, like we have a tank out here that has, uh, can measure the weight on on the feet. Mm -hmm. So I know I can hit a button, I can program this silo to pump in 800 pounds or 1,000 pounds of corn, have it go through a hammer mill so it's freshly milled into the mash tank. Um, So that would be, that's kind of like, the two or three year plan mm-hmm. that that would really make my distiller happy and make his life easy. It'd make our lives easier because we'd be getting less loads coming and going. Sure. Um, the wheat uh, probably would have another bin for wheat, but the malted barley because it's it's only maybe eleven percent of the mash bill of bourbon. I would I would probably still just get that in um, fifty pound bags. Mm-hmm. That's what we're getting it in now. And we do mill the the uh, barley. Oh, okay. We have a little because it's only you know it's a small amount. Sure. So we'll run that through our our little mill, you know. But we're not trying to mill corn right mm-hmm. now because that's you know it's a lot more. But to your point, um, that part of it would be big because it would just make things more efficient. The other thing that I would probably invest in is a, a bigger chiller. Hmm. Uh, in the summer, you know, if you're trying to run the mash, if you're trying to crash the mash tank and we're doing a strip run and a spirit run, all to, you know, we could do three processes mm-hmm. all at once. It's, it's, and it's hot out. It's bringing that chiller to its knees. <laughs> yeah. It's so we actually, my, my cousin and business partner here, he's, a, he's an HVAC guy. He installed a uh, dry cooler, they call it. And so a dry cooler pulls the coldness out of the air when it's below, you know, it'll work below 60 degrees. So in the winter, we can hammer our system, you know, if when it's cold out, we're, we're running, you know, strong. Sure. That's awesome. You're yeah, like, let's make the cool. juice today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we, we do, we really try to pump the production out heavier in the winter, take advantage of the cold weather, take advantage of that cold air. Um, and run it through because you're you're actually using less energy yeah. when you're using a dry cooler. Mm-hmm. It's just a fan, where you know um, uh, a chiller is using a compressor, right? And it's using a lot more energy in the summer. So, but maybe someday when we uh, when we you know that's Get the ch- that the chillers uh, definitely on the wish list because they're like you know twenty grand. Jeez. So, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, they're crazy. So the blended straight bourbon was very good. Yes, I really like that apple apple Jolly Rancher. Yeah, that's a it came really out of cool. nowhere. That yeah. was nostalgic oh, 1990s. Yeah. Sometimes something just hits your tongue and you're like, I remember that. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I'm, uh, like, I'm like, is that is that that's that is a I had never. <laughs> Thought of it that way. I almost got a tr- Maybe I should try it again. Now you should try it again. So that is 
are you planning on doing other blended products and having a, a larger blended line? Because again, going back to when we first came here, you had one or two products, I think, and now you're at five. So yeah, where's the crew neck? Are you good? Yeah, right. Are you good with the staples that you have now? How much time do you guys have? <laughs> yeah, right. We're already at an hour or two. Dang. Things fly where we talk. This happened last time, I think. I know. Doing good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I got gotcha. you. Hop in there. I just. Yeah. You want a little more? Okay. A little smidge. <laughs> a smidge. Now you need that uh, Jolly Rancher note. Go for it. Do you pick it up? It's going to be on the next label. <laughs> I think I, I Maybe I do a little bit. It's also that placebo that I, I get, put it in your mind now. I get, you know, it does, there is a little bit of sweetness. This one, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it's almost shooting towards Buffalo. I, I dare say Buffalo Trace a little mm-hmm. bit. Sure. Buffalo Trace has that snap at the end of it, though. That's, that's a little hard to get. Sure. You know what I mean by mm-hmm. that snap? That oh, yeah. little, just that little. That hint so, of crisp? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's just the snap. Thoughts? Jai Rancher, got it's it. It's not on the tongue. It's on the outskirts. Oh, it's it kind of right on the tip. It kind of hits your cheeks ah. for me. Mm. It's there. Like when you, when you freshly open a new one, and then you throw it in your mouth for the first time. Pause. That's when. <laughs> that's when. Yeah. That's when you. That's when you taste it. You know. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm impressed with the fact that the, the puns uh, <laughs> been very subtle here. <laughs> That's our entire life. We don't really know how to live without it. No, not at all. So here's here's the Irish. Yeah. So talk to us about this one. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's something we wanted to do. You know, we 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 have these products that um are for Buffalo has a lot of drinking demographics, mm-hmm. right? So no. we have, <laughs> so we have uh. You know the Krupnik for for the Polish demographic, um, and obviously you know we're touching South Buffalo here, mm-hmm. so we're like you know let's bring in some Irish whiskey. And it took a while to a find the right people to work with us and find the right profile that we were looking for. And it, and that's really all you know. I don't I don't necessarily want to have other brands on my shelf here. Sure. But it'd be nice to have an Irish whiskey. And the only way you're going to have an Irish whiskey is if you're imported. If mm-hmm. I'm if I'm making anything that is uh we can't call obviously you can't call it Irish whiskey if it's made in the US. Mm-hmm. And if you bring it in to, from Ireland, you can't do anything to it other than cut it down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had to find a place to work with us on finishing, find a uh place that wasn't crazy expensive um and we we kind of have this relationship with this guy connor hyde uh, from hiberna doing a good job you know they're tried and true and uh so we brought it in uh we tried cutting it down to a bunch of different uh proofs Settled on, uh, what did we settle on? 86, I think. Yeah, 86. Um, just because typically, you know, your Irish whiskeys are going to be around 80. Sure, exactly. So, and we wanted to have it, you know, they port finished. We found some port barrels. They port finished it for us when we brought it in. Our original plan before we dug into this was to finish it here, but that was 
kiboshed. Kiboshed. Okay, so that was that was the yeah. whole thing. Is you wanted to finish it here, we, but we, we, yeah, we, I got gotcha. you. We couldn't do that. Sure. Yeah, so that got that got put the uh, put on. But uh, we're pretty happy with. Yeah. It, you when you when you said you you had an idea of what you wanted it to finish like, I believe I, I might have misheard that. But your intent of like what you wanted the product to be, what was that? Because that's a super interesting conversation. If I was a fly on the wall, it'd be like, oh, okay, like they want to do an Irish whiskey or any spirit in general. Like I have a vision for what I want this to either taste like, be aged for as long as, you know, X. Or like what was the, what was the thought process behind that with you and, and the rest of the team? Uh, well, it was trying other Irish whiskeys that were part finished, quite honestly. Uh, not a bad way to go about it. That the the idea really came from um, from a bourbon that I like that's port finished. You guys ever you've had Bowman's, right? Oh, oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So Bowman yeah. Brothers port is yeah. bomb. It's, yeah. the, it's amazing. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah, it's so good. And there's not a lot of Irish whiskeys. There are some, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot that are port finished. So I'm like, well, again. It's like with our, our blended uh, bourbon. What are we doing to make it our own? Mm-hmm. What are we doing to make it unique? Mm. There's not a lot not a lot of options. And still call it Irish whiskey. But throwing it in a port barrel uh, and being able to pick those port barrels are out. You know, they're coming straight from, uh, from Spain, mm-hmm. you know. And you can choose from, you know, your ruby ports. Um, so we we worked with these guys to get it over there and they they finished it for us and I think I just wanted I wanted it to be a little bit sweeter mm-hmm. than a little bit hotter on the tongue. Uh, Nailed, hence being it. 86. So, you know, it's again it's not Jameson, you know, it's not uh it's not Redbreast, but it's somewhere that is I think is really good. I think it's a great easy drinking Irish whiskey. You know, and we wanted to have something that we could release during uh, St. Patty's Day. So is this going to be an ongoing thing, do you think? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if... Probably. (laughs) Are you worried about having a consistency with the the port casks? No. No? I, I honestly don't worry about that kind of stuff because I think... I think that the uniqueness makes it special. Fair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't... Uh, Man, you really embrace that whiskey's a religion, huh? Yeah, yeah. I do. I don't... It doesn't... Uh, as long as it's good, mm-hmm. you know, that's all that matters. Yeah. And, again, we're craft, you know, so as long as, long as the basics are consistent, then I think you got your, your bases covered, so... Um, I don't think that if we do it again, it's, I would, the one thing I would probably do is, um, maybe not go quite as long in a port barrel. Uh, I think that the port is pretty, it's pretty strong. Yeah, it is very much so. It's very over, it's, I don't want to say it overpowers it, but it's, it's stronger than I had anticipated. So this kind of tastes to me more like a like a bourbon finished in a port cask just because it has that strong port note to it. 
And sometimes you get people, how long did you put it in the cast about corner? About eight months. Eight months, yeah. So, I I mean, I love that port note. Port is it's one good. of my favorite finishing finishings yeah. in a whiskey. And it's so good. I'm so I'm biased because I love cigars. Therefore, I love ports. But I also love port finished whiskeys with cigars. And to me, this would go great with a oh, cigar. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Drink this with a cigar. And, yeah, yeah, and if you want to get like real deep in the weeds, you can, you know, surf through different types of cigars, different regions, and then how it's actually finished and made. And then you can actually exemplify different elements of the whiskey because the cigar can bring that out, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Did yeah. they just meet the three years in Ireland or did, was it longer in Ireland? It, it, so this was, I think this was Four years. Four years, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, it looks pretty dark, too. Oh, it's this super was, dark. Yeah, this was four year, and then another, I think, yeah, I think about eight months okay. in the port barrel. Is it the um, the Irish distillery's flagship Irish whiskey, or was it kind of like a special that they wanted to work with you on, or what was that process? Uh, so it, I believe they called it Erie. I think it. I think it, it's funny. I think they call it Erie Gold. Actually, so oh yeah, uh, sick. <laughs> so it's kind of ironic. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Lake Erie, but, yeah, um, I think it was their flagship because okay. it's, it's a single malt. Okay, which mm-hmm. you know, um, but you know, we tried a bunch of different kinds, and um, that seemed to hit the hit the hit the note. So uh, I know more about bourbon than I do Irish mm-hmm. whiskey, but I know enough about Irish whiskey to be dangerous. And Cheers. Again, you know, it was just something that we wanted in the repertoire, you know. Um, we're thinking about actually doing a tequila, too. Oh, cool. But the thing with tequila, from what, I'm, from what I understand, is we can't, like this we can bottle here. We can cut down and bottle here and call it Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. Tequila, if you bottle it in the U.S., you can't call it tequila. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be called like an agave spirit, right? So, but we're still. I think I think we still might do it though. Just so I, I mean, what the hell? Bring in a toda of some good blanco, maybe age it out, maybe age half of it, but just to have on the shelf. Yeah, you know, I think it would be fun. Call just, it buffalo agave or something like that. Buff agave, yeah. Something. Buff agave. There you go. Love but, that. You know, again, it's just. I, at the very least, it's something that people can choose from when they mm-hmm. come here. The liquor stores typically will take whatever we offer. And then having uh, the bartenders having more tools to be able to work with with craft cocktails is, is kind of cool, too. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. That's sweet. I like the colors on it, too. Me, too. Yeah, yeah and this was... The timing was kind of cool. Like, we... We wanted to do an Irish whiskey. We wanted to, again, have something for St. Patty's Day. But the other thing, too, is we had this this dude, Bob Galvin, who came in here. He was, like, one of our first regulars um, that, you know, he's a Buffalo fireman, total, like, just the guy had awesome stories. Mm-hmm. And this guy, he, could, he loved smoking cigars out front and just hanging out. People watch. And, yeah, and he was, just, he was just a good old good old boy. You know, he was a good dude. Love people, love talking to people, and um, you know we're like, and he was, you know, he was, in, he's Irish heritage, so we're like, you know what, let's let's uh, 
let's put this out for Bob, you know. So it, again, it might be it might be a one-off, um, or we might do it again. I don't know, but it, it, this this batch was for Bob. Yeah, you know, so that's cool. To pop that's scale. cool. Yeah, hell yeah. So. Got to do a German whiskey now next or something for uh, Hofbrauhaus House or something like that. Yeah, no free shout outs. Yeah, you know we're we're we'd we'd like to pay homage to all the demographics sure. in, in Buffalo. You know to, uh, you know we want to be inclusive in that manner. You know so wow. we just gotta we just gotta keep, you know the longer we're around, the more we'll make time to put each one of these products on the shelf yeah so we start with what we're good at you know honestly the first thing we ever made before we ever made whiskey we made apple brandy mm. that was the first thing we made sure uh we were distilling hard cider um you know and then it was like a moonshine and then bourbon and then vodka and we made gin and um you know i'd like to play around with some brandies you know and and uh see see what that does because there's a lot of guys making uh wine down in the southern tier along in you know forestville um i think that would make an interesting mm-hmm. you know throw some of that in a used in a used whiskey barrel sure so yeah so it's it's all there man i'm curious to see what you do for italians <clears throat> yeah we don't have much we got wine that's it uh, well food but yeah. i mean like a half a flatbread <laughs> like this is our take to just help out. Yeah, just, just a little flatbread. <laughs> Aged with prosciutto. Yeah. <laughs> I bottled this next to the kitchen. Does that help? <laughs> what do I? What can I make out of tomato sauce? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So this leads Should us. Should we try to, this one to the bottle and bond? Oh, it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute since the. Uh, since the original release of the mm-hmm. one foot cock, mm-hmm. so it's unsheathing. I gave it to my dad, the original bottle from the first episode. I said, "Here, dad, drink this," and he's like, "Will it help?" <laughs> <laughs> no, no, dad, it's not going to help. Not not in it the might. way you want it to. It and he's like, "I'm it still going to drink it." I'm like, "You're such a dad." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We don't necessarily know if it doesn't help. So, yeah. uh, well, we so far we can't legally put it on the bottle. <laughs> it does help. That's awesome. so. This is the original mash of the what you had when we first tried it. But this is bottled in bond, aged a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and uh, it is it's darker. got a completely different label. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yep. Now, what is this retail for in our area? 56. Okay. Yeah, 56. 100 proof, probably touching on five years. What are your thoughts? I'm getting that... um, I'm getting that corn. I'm getting that corn, but I'm getting that. We've talked about this so much. I you remember those ice cream things that you had when you were kids. I was waiting. Here we go. Yeah, I was waiting. Yeah, for the oh, you've heard. So those little. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so the ice cream things that we had when we were kids and the wooden spoons. When you start gnawing the on small it, ice cream yeah. cup. Okay. Yeah. 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 And you have that little wooden spoon that breaks off because I'm. I you're, have a, a yeah, ton of an problems. Animal. And I had ADHD and I was just chewing on everything. But that's what I get from a lot of whiskey. Is that like. 
the wooden, wooden spoon. spoon from an ice cream thing with maybe a little bit of chocolate left over. <laughs> he was hurt a lot as a child, so take everything he says with a grain of salt. Just don't put it in in your process. Uh, I, trust me, man. Where you, you, when you put a product out. Uh, it's got to be open to interpretation mm-hmm. by everybody. Oh, so wooden you know, spoon. So You're going to tell your cousin about the wooden spoon? Uh, no, I mean, I don't know if I would totally describe it that way. But it's got a, you know, it's got a soft wheatness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's buttery. Again, it's Yeah, again, that's how I, I would describe it as buttery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I understand, like, what you're mm-hmm. saying about, you know, we distill on the grains. So, you know, we don't. Uh, lauder our stuff out so it, you know you do get a lot of grain forward yeah. flavor so but it is it's it's buttery it's oh it, there's some oak in there uh, it, I, again up to interpretation mm-hmm. but i i think it's got a nice richness it's it's a, got a nice richness to it you said your grain comes in and basically all your shipments come in giant totes for lack of better terms when you open the lid and you smell the corn, mm-hmm. that's in this. Like, mm-hmm. that freshness. And then, not not from a taste perspective, but from like a, from an experience perspective, you get that kind of, like, dry cornness to it, and then the buttery finish, which it doesn't coat your palate um, in an overpowering way. It's just, it's like intermittent tingles of it, and then it just, it's super smooth. Yeah. It's super smooth. And it's not that viscous. Yeah. It's really not that viscous. I must have eaten apples recently, either that or I'm having a stroke, but I'm getting a lot of, like, not a lot of apple in this one. The blended one I was, but this one I'm kind of getting like an Apple Jacks. Yeah. Again, I might have had, like, apples on my mind lately, but that's just what I'm getting. Yeah. Yeah, I can see a little apple in there. Sure. (laughs) See? Not having, well, maybe I'm still having a stroke. You know, (laughs) maybe I'm still having a stroke. (laughs) Lanolin and cherub tears is how I like to describe it. Oh, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) So this one is is special for you, you mentioned. Well, they're all special. Of course. But But this one's wax dipped. Yeah. What's going on with that? Well, uh, we wax dipped those, I think the first hundred of those. Um so this is the maple cask. We give our used bourbon barrels to maple syrup producers, and they'll age maple syrup for however long, not, not usually more than six mm-hmm. months, and then they'll give the barrels. It's like kind of like the cask mates program that Jameson does. So they give the, the barrels back to us, sure. and then we'll put our whiskey in there, and it pulls... It pulls the maple out, you know, and they usually have them. There might be a little left in there, you know, try not to empty it completely Mm -hmm. out just to give it. But the trick is also not hitting you over the head with maple. Sure. Mm. So that maybe you blend in a little of the un-maple cask in there. Because I don't want, I don't ever really want our products to be overly, well, other than the mafia sauce, the mafia sauce is a little sweet, but it's also acidic too. So you get that mm. almost like punch. But I don't want any of the whiskeys to be overly sweet. Even our apple pie moonshine, which uh, be coming out at the end of this week, which I should have. It's 
it's mixed up right now, but I should have had some ready for you guys. But I just don't want to like punch you in the face mm-hmm. with sweetness. So, so this is aged uh, bourbon in a regular barrel, then finished in the maple cask, or it's all correct. in the maple cask? Okay, correct. Okay. It's already been aged, sure, and then put in the maple cask for like another six months. Oh, okay. Aged cool. how long initially? Uh, minimum of. I've been minimum of four years. Okay. Yeah, we're not putting out. I don't want to put out anything that's less than four at this True. point. Good for you. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, honestly, I don't even want to put out stuff that's less than five, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some of the blended products, you know, you can probably get away with a little here and there, but minimum, minimum four years on a 53-gallon barrel, but five is, you know, better. Six is better still. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, do you so just hypothesizing here? What do you think your ideal age for your product would be? Like, you've tried it at three, you've tried it at four, you've tried it at five at this point, right? Are you seeing the increase? Like, seven would be a good one, or are you going to tap it off at five? Like, what is your thoughts on that? I think I'll know at the ten-year mark. Yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what the Mm ten-year mark does. Yeah, I mean, what Seagull Rare ten years? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. I want to see what that bad boy does. Hmm. Let's see what ten years does. Sure. Okay. I um, when my son was born, um, I had juice ready to go. Uh, <coughs> because I knew the time was coming, and the day he was born, my distiller Kevin Ford at the time, he barreled a uh, a barrel for us, a bourbon, the day he was born. And that that's that one I'm I'm gonna sit on for that's mm. that's gonna be the you know what age can you they start drinking at six yeah right 17, I mean seventeen year eighteen yeah, yeah. start I, rubbing I'm it on their kidding. gums when they're yeah. teething you know but, but that baby that like that's like in the in the repertoire I, I just I think that that's the cool like yeah. You know, my son's name is Wilder, so nice. it's Wilder's Reserve. You know, so oh, that's cool. really cool. That's yeah. really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I like this one a lot because, well, you said you said it already. It's not overly powering or overpowering maple. Yeah, and to me, it tastes just like a ton of wood sugars with a maple note bourbon. Like it's not like this is secondary finish in a maple cast. This is a very good quality, sweet maple bourbon to me. I want this over ice cream. I want this over waffles. (laughs) This is super good. It's definitely good over waffles and ice cream. Yeah. It's It's really good in coffee. Ooh. Ooh, Love that. Yeah. Well, I put, so I put coffee. I put maple syrup in my coffee every morning. That's what I use. For, I don't use sugar. I use maple oh, syrup. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Sugar-free want, maple syrup or raw maple syrup? Just maple syrup. Just, okay. Yeah, just... Because uh, there's sugar... A, he's there's not sugar a beta. He's not well, listen, sugar-free maple there's, there's sugar-free maple syrup. I've never heard of this. Yeah. yeah come it on exists. No, it's it's for, like, fitness freaks. That belongs in Whole Foods, son. Wait a minute. Correct. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait yeah. A minute. That's make, real? Yeah, it's real. How do you even make that? Remember we talked about things, like, not necessarily being reality? This is... Wowzers. Yeah. Well, they I made peanut butter milk. a powder too. Yeah, yeah. it's PB two. Yeah. You can put that in protein shakes. Yeah. But yeah, sugar-free maple syrup no, does exist. It's uh, this is the raw stuff. Um, I'm gonna try that on like Sunday, dude. I'm telling you, what cha- co- it'll change your life. What coffee do you drink? Admittedly, admittedly, we drink a lot of coffee pods around here, which I'm not proud of. <laughs> uh, I'm not. That stuff is terrible. What about your home? 
at, at home. At home. So I go to Blue Mountain Coffee on Elmwood. Hell yeah. Um, and visit. Jeez, uh, I forget her name. She. Uh, she's a wonderful lady, she's, nonetheless. She's the best. She's so good. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's awesome. You know, I'll get the Sibley's, uh, the private blend, or, but uh, yeah, at home, grind that up, percolate it, put a little of that stuff in there, maybe a little, just a touch of cream, mm-hmm. you know, and oh yeah. So, okay, so do I have to try it with cream, or can I do maple syrup and How, black coffee? However you like it, man. I never had maple syrup though. I need oh oh, with maple syrup and coffee. I never had. How do you normally take your coffee? Black. Sometimes I do black with honey. Like a man. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I I um I had somebody once tell me um you know I was ordering a coffee and they're like um it was a total setup. They're like cream and sugar and I'm like yeah yeah I guess. And they're like I asked you if you wanted coffee, not pudding. <laughs> Fair enough. Got him. Yeah. 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 So the 80 proof, this was proof down to that. Is that when you thought the maple came out more? Like, or were you going to release it in 90? Or was it always an 80 idea? The, the maple? Yeah. That was actually, uh, that coffee story was actually uh, something that Maynard said on Joe Rogan. So I was kind of Oh, really? But, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the 80 proof the, he's a fan like us let's yeah, go yeah 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 <laughs> uh so the 80 proof maple cask what what was the question again? if you did um, you prove it down, prove to, down 80. to 80 or if you would have released it at 90 like what was the tasting note difference between when you were proofing it down F- proofing it down from barrel strength yeah um or did you always want to go down to 80 we wanted to go to 80 just because Honestly, you want, I think we just wanted it to be an easy drinking, you know, sure. not, not bitey. This is more for people that want something a little bit sweeter. It's more of an introductory bourbon, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, even clicking it up to 86 is, is a little bit, um, it, it gets, it gets a little hotter for mm-hmm. people, right? Sure. So I think this is just a little more approachable. It's a good, like, whiskey to, like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about getting into bourbon. Um, you know, it's it's very approachable. So, yeah, I think that was the thinking sure. behind it that we had. This is really good. There's a, there's a famous whiskey brand that got discontinued, and one of their flavors was walnut toffee. Oh, boy. They don't exist anymore. It's fully discontinued? Discontinued. Sad. And I'm getting text messages from family members, and they're like, this doesn't exist. Like, what do I get? So this, to me, would be fantastic for those individuals. So my question now is, how much of it do you have? Where can we get it? And how much is it? (laughs) So it's not out yet. It'll be out in September. Um, I think we're going to try to do, I think we're going to try to do a thousand bottles. Mm. Oh, so it's a bougie release. I think somewhere between six and a 600 and a thousand bottles. I think it's going to be in the 50 some dollar range. So it's a perfect Christmas gift is what you're saying. It's an excellent Christmas gift. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love that. I can get behind that. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a, Fall, 
it's coming out in September. It's autumnal. Um, we actually, so this is the last label that has kind of this bad shape. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, we're getting hmm. in new labels this week that this will be updated to look like. Oh, okay. Now. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice. It's going to have like a, um, almost like an orange foil. So. What made you want to do that? Because honestly, that's not bad at all. I like that a lot. I'm glad you say that. Um, we did it because this this label was actually designed for that shouldered bottle, that mm-hmm. flat bottle. It sat on there really pretty. Um, but I wanted, I just we wanted something with a little more splash. Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, Inconsistency. And, yep. I mean that it does work on there. Um, I will say there will be one label that we will keep in this bad shape. And that is, we do a once in a while, and there's no rhyme or reason when we do it. Um, we have one product that is a nod to the old Buffalo Distillery. You were going there, Golden Grain. The Golden Grain. Yeah. Nice. And that's barrel strength. Mm-hmm. And that has this bad shape, and that it will always will. And that's that will always kind of keep. And, you know, um, so that'll be, you know, Every once in a while, we'll put out a batch of that. We had, when that first dropped, we had that yeah. the first time, and we're just like, dude, yeah. this is good. Yeah. This yeah. is good. Yeah, cool. But, I mean, there's no there's no lying that the new labels are awesome. Oh, they are. Like, th- this works on this bottle, but th- it's going to look amazing with that updated label. Thanks, man. Fantastic. Appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's Thanks. a very good design. Yep, that's all Casey Kelly. I yeah. Mean, I throw my two cents in here and there. Yeah. Now Perez. Yeah. And now Perez. Now Perez. Mm-hmm. Casey Thank Perez. you. Um, so you had the Krupnik, and then we got vodka here, too. What a, Talk to us a little bit about the vodka and then the, the mafia sauce, because that is... What's that considered? I mean, I it's considered a flavored vodka. Okay. It's just it's you know it's just a fun shooter. It's you know it's supposed to taste like Gatorade basically. Oh okay. You oh know? really? Yeah, it's supposed to it's it's serve it ice cold. Um, yeah, you know it's designed for a, a the sports team town, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what goes along with sports? Gatorade. Mm-hmm. So we, it, Gatorade is if you were to put a pH meter in it, it's acidic, slightly acidic. So we we mocked up this to be very similar in pH oh. to Gatorade. Who thought of that? Kevin Ford. That was uh, that was Kevin Ford's. That's idea. genius. Yeah. How do you? Who, who the hell takes that? Gatorade and puts it on a pH scale? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Good was, for him. That was Kevin. How do you add? Hi, Ke- hi Kevin. <laughs> How do you add acid to that? Like, what's the process? Citric. Oh, okay, so you're oh, just adding drops. So it? not acid. Okay, so well, this is acid. like not LSD. Or right, yeah, yeah, so this is not the 80s. <laughs> that would be a true mafia sauce. <laughs> no, we, uh, you just add, um, it's, I mean, citric acid is in everything. Okay. Um, it, it's uh, food grade. It's basically just dehydrated like citrus, mm-hmm. you know, hence citric acid. Sure. So, so does it come out like an orangey taste? I've honestly never had it. The citric acid is more for a mouthfeel. Okay. It's more of like, um, we call it liquid brightness. Mm. The flavor comes from, actually, um, we, we get Josh Allen's tears and we blend them in Love with that. the vodka. And if you want Matt Milano's sweat, let me know because I'm your yeah. guy. Happy right. tears, right? Yeah. Yeah. Happy tears. Yeah, not His tears of joy. <laughs> 
Cheers, dude. Cheers. That's vodka there. What um what proof is this? Eighty. Eighty proof. Eighty proof. Nice and smooth. It's not supposed to go down like water, but it went down like water. I don't really know how I feel about that. That's Maybe dangerous. I haven't had vodka in a while, or the fact that we've tried a lot of 100 proofs today. But that was really smooth and very buttery as well. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's it's pleasant. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really easy to drink. It's a gentle sweetness. It's not, there's no tart to it, you know? Like it's... The one foot cock is a, it's a gentle soul. It's a, just... Yeah. You know. Speaking of one foot, it shouldn't be gentle. You know what I'm saying? I know you, but you got to be gentle. Oh be gentle. no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Have you made cocktails out of this? Uh, you must all have. the time, all the time. Like, so, speak, like, what's what's a cocktail? Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, can you talk about your cocktail program and kind of what you're doing with the front of the house? Uh, well, I'm not going to speak. Uh, too much about the cocktail program. I would rather have the people that make the cocktails do that, but I will say that they make some of the best cocktails in the city, hands down. They uh, they just they do a great job at service mm-hmm. and uh, taking. So I, I'll get into this a little bit. These guys work with one brand. You know, we have different things within that brand. We have mm-hmm. gin. We have different whiskeys, we have vodka, we have apple pie moonshine, Krupnik. So we, we have different flavor profiles to work with. But my, tr- I think the true measure of a great craft cocktail artist is to be able to take anything and make a lot of different drinks out of it. And what it boils down to is, well, what, what are you working with? What are your shrubs? Sure. What are your... Um, syrups. You know, we make our own syrups. Bitters and stuff like bitters. that too, yeah. We make our bitters. And how many cocktails can you make with gin? You know, thousands. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't need 600 different kinds. You know, and not to, I'm not saying that bars that have hundreds of different kinds of brands are not, sh- mm-hmm. you know, yeah. pooing that. But I'm, what I'm doing is accentuating the fact that you don't need that many different brands to make great cocktails. Sure. No, not at and all. And that's what these guys do, and that's why people come in here. That's why we have regulars that come in here. They, You know, I mean, dude, uh, Dale makes this uh, elderflower liqueur that, you know, it's our version of St. Germain, you know, and it's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he makes this cucumber uh, gin drink. I mean, just it, the list goes on and on. So, Again, you know, it's funny. Sometimes being a distiller and owning brands and I go into a bar and I see hundreds of different brands on a shelf and I'm like, how many of those are you? Are, do you just want it for the decoration? Sure. Which I get, which looks cool. And, you know, you could, I, I think, I think at that point though, when you have that many brands on a shelf, you should be trying them neat. Mm-hmm. Because 100%. what is the point? And if you want to know what a true brand tastes like, why are you mixing it up? Exactly. Because I'm telling you, you're not going to taste that big of a difference. Oh, man. He's speaking our language. Yeah, he's speaking our language. We're all about that. I mean, yeah. we it, drink everything neat. Yeah, Every yeah. Wednesday, Whiskey Review. Anytime we go to, yeah. you know, no free well, shout outs, but like Lucky Day, it's neat. I'm not yeah. going there for a cocktail. Yeah. I'm just not. 
Yeah. You know? But to your point, I mean, you have an abbreviated selection of what the bartenders and everyone can work with. Yeah. So they have the ability to become familiar with it, too. I mean, if you ask somebody that goes to a cocktail bar, can you make me this drink with Weller? They're going to be like, one, you're dumb. Two, <laughs> I have no idea how this these flavors are going to pair with this cocktail that I make you. Because nobody asks for it. Whereas with your stuff, you have a flavor profile here. You have the rye. You have the maple. You have the Irish. You have everything. And it just makes more sense that a cocktail program at a place like this would be more tailor-fit for a lot of people. Or you have the, the experience behind the bar where if I walk up and say, I'm in the mood for a Manhattan, can I try your, you know, your bourbon, Bottle and Bond, in a Manhattan? They'd be like, okay. I could. However, what if if you're in the mood for a Manhattan, I can do A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you trust me? Yeah. And that whole conversation is what really keeps people here. Yeah, and that's what they're good at, and that's what they do. They really do. And uh, so, you know, I nod my head to those guys. They do a good job, you know, because, again, I the whole craft cocktail thing, you know, I swam in it. I had friends that are in it. Um, I, you know, I went to all the hot spots mm-hmm. and I get it, but at, on the same token, you know, um, you know, you, you, the, the craft cocktail scene actually, you know, a prohibition cocktails were invented because the booze sucked. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was like yeah. turpentine. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I mean, but, but again, they did a good job at turning something that maybe didn't taste good into something good. So, Can, can someone come here and try something neat? Do you, you guys can, do single and double shots? We, you can, we do it all. Okay. We do it all. You can have it however you like it. What that's, we will not. If you want a gin and tonic, we're not going to turn our nose up. Mm-hmm. If you want something neat, if you want something fancy, you know, you want uh, dealer's choice, you know, uh, we got the people here that definitely would be happy if mm-hmm. you asked them, "What do you, you know, what do you feel like making me?" They get excited for that. That's my favorite thing to do yeah. in a bar is just to That's, be like, "Dale, make me something, please." It's and a line like, item. I got you. Yeah. It's some places yeah. have it as a line item where yeah. they're just like, <clears throat> you know, give me, um, give me a spirit. You know, do you want or vodka flavor. gin? Yeah, do you, yeah, exactly. And the first time I experienced that was on my honeymoon. And the place I was staying at was like, you know, there's this line item too where we'll just make you something, just let us know. And I was like, make me something with scotch. Don't care. <laughs> yeah. And they're just like, sounds good. Be right back. And they made a cocktail of scotch. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, obviously, it wasn't like a McAllen 49 or some obnoxious right. bougie option, but it was, it was, you know, you could get the peat and then they exemplified it. Yeah. So having that... Uh, creativity option for bartenders. I mean, dude, everybody gets so sick of old fashions. Right. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, you know? So that being said, are you planning on a peated scotch like collaboration with Yeah, Buffalo what's going on? Because if so, I'll give you money right now. Um, <laughs> our, it's funny you ask that. Our um, maltster, Bob, has been really, really pushing us hard to do an American single malt. Um, I think because he likes scotch. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so good. I, it's definitely in the future. I don't know when, but I mean, it's having this conversation makes me want to do it. <laughs> um, 
So for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we'll do it. It's, sure. But a, a, again, a single malt is going to be a little spendy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too that I would want to dig into is like, all right, how much smoke do we want to put on this? Mm-hmm. You know, what do we do to it? Mm-hmm. Do we, uh, and it's, so it's like sort of getting out of my comfort zone sure. a little bit, which is fun yeah. and cool. But, um, yeah, but the answer is we will do it. I mean, that. again, Bob's that's been, awesome. Bob's been pushing us. Yeah. We'll have to have Bob on for sure. I know. Because I that, really want to like, yeah, a really he, good time. He's got a voice for yeah. radio. Too. Oh, okay. I mean, cool. The, you know, you guys, you guys do it too. For sure. <laughs> Definitely. Have the vo- but but when you talk to him, he sounds like somebody that's on NPR or something. You know, he's like, really. You have a very calming voice, though. Don't tell yourself short. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny when you hear your own voice. Yeah, right. Oh God. <laughs> I will say one of the things that I've always loved about Buffalo Distilling in general is just the atmosphere that you guys create here. <clears throat> Up front, if you're having a cocktail, it feels like you're in someone's basement just like hanging out with friends because the bands that you bring in here and like the music, you can talk about that program too if you want, but like they're not, or at least not that I've seen, like DJs and like party club it up. You have like acoustic sets here that I feel like fits this vibe so much better and you can sit here with a cocktail and actually enjoy the music instead of like our age where we're kind of like not at that DJ scene anymore. And we're just kind of like, I don't want to go and listen to music and drink some good cocktails. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, kudos to you guys because you literally created a black hole mm-hmm. and it's, it's dangerous because you're just not going to want to stop drinking and then you're not going to want to go home. Yeah. And we don't have that luxury of going upstairs for a quick nap <laughs> on the couch. Well, I mean, you guys, you guys probably, I'd give you the key. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, man, we just try to just try to make it cozy and warm mm-hmm. and inviting. And, um, you know, we get the, just, Got the plants sure. in here, you know, and they're real, by the way, people. They're, they're, the plants are real. Are real. Yeah, they're they are real. real. They're pretty sweet. Um, yeah, you know, and it's it's an ongoing process. We chip away at stuff every year. You know, we pick something. Um, so, in a uh, little shout out to uh, Nickel City Metalworks, he's going to be doing a project for nice. us on the patio. Nice, um, just, dude. I've been following on Instagram, and we want to we want to sexy up the patio this mm-hmm. year. So uh, I talked to him last week, actually. We're going to do a cool patio project and put some more um, uh, fire pits out there, mm-hmm. a little light canopy, obviously some plants. We're going to do a mural. My mom's going to do a mural. She's an artist. Oh, sick. She's going to do a mural on the side for us. So it's just, yeah, it's about just being cozy. You know, in the summer, obviously people want to be outside. So that patio, you know, is going to be nice and cozy out there with the fire pits and um you know and in the summer or in the winter it's cold make it cozy inside sure. so, mm-hmm. you know and you got you always got this the heat literally i'm not kidding from the stills when we leave this mm-hmm. this middle door open the heat's coming back here from the stills cuz you know we're running them at you know there's a a 500 gallon mash that's at 200 degrees that's you know it's like a furnace in there mm-hmm. that's so yeah we, we want to keep it cozy and chill and keep uh the, the, the kind of we, we have a good clientele people that you can come in and talk to and everybody is you know th- there's not a lot of egos flying mm-hmm. around in here it's just uh good good folks so love that so Maple Cask is coming out September. Where can people follow you to figure out when it actually releases? What's the social media handles? Yeah, so at Buffalo underscore distilling for Instagram, and then Facebook is just Buffalo Distilling. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, thanks so much, man. We yeah. took a lot of your time. And I yeah. think the last time, too, Buffalo Distilling was our longest one. And now this just topped that one. So <laughs> I know. You're, you're very, very consistent here. Yeah. I love it. All right. But really, thank you so much for your time. This has been awesome. Go try all their products because, I mean, their products, they have a wide range of everything. Come down to their tasting room, have a cocktail, and just enjoy the experience of being in the one-foot cock. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. Hero Bread soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.